Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. I'm Jen. I'm Tara. And this is episode 168 of Podcast in Death. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing, as Tara just now said, everyone's favorite. Possession in death. Possession in death. <laughs> just know how much everyone loves this book. <laughs> there are some people that love this book. You know what? They are totally allowed to. Yeah. And you know what? I think it's fine. There's just certain things. It's we'll not a that. bad book. It's yeah, there are just certain things that. There's certain things like tattoos that appear out of no fucking <laughs> way. I'm fine with the possession. Just the tattoo. No. Yeah. See, I'm opposite. No, yeah, I know. So, I just think it's funny. I don't like it at all. So <laughs> don't like it. I, I, I nope, like it. Nope, don't like that. Don't like that. Don't like that. Don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even. So I really tried um, to figure out what the theme was. I just don't think that she does does it the same way as in her regular books. Mm-hmm. Unless there's a theme that goes through all all four of the novellas, that could be. I don't know. I don't know. It's also that I didn't really yeah. care. Um. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's really not possession. Okay, possession. There's okay. not time to develop any sort of. There's barely time to to develop a this story. This is one of the shorter it's ones. It's what like eighty six pages or something it's like that. Sh- right. Super short. Yeah. It's super short. Super yeah. short. It's yeah, it is. It is true favorite. that it is super short, and um, I think one of the things I'm trying to think of one what one of the things I thought might have been like selfishness. Um, um, sure. Yeah, it's eighty pages. Yeah, that that's or entitlement. 80. Entitlement is maybe. Could be. Um, Again, because it's just such a short book. If yeah, you're really looking is. at that, you're really just looking at, you know, your your killer. Right. And eh, you know, like he was clearly mentally unstable. And mm-hmm. I don't really know that I don't know, because anytime she uses like cause she does, she absolutely puts clear not necessarily that they're clear, but clearly is trying to put some sort of feel or theme in all of her regular books. And I didn't get one this time. Yeah. And I, and then I'm thinking back to any of the other novellas and I don't feel like I remember them from those either. It could just be me. I, maybe I'm just incapable of finding it, but which is very fair, but (laughs) I also just don't really like this book. So it's really hard. You didn't care either. Seen, I, 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 didn't, really, I didn't i didn't really care i didn't really care just didn't care it's fine so yeah. sorry sorry everyone that was hoping for a theme um, <laughs> but if you guys have a theme please tell us what you think it right. is yeah yeah for sure um so this one starts out since everyone was so pissed off from the last book that um that moriarty had not been questioned uh this book starts out with that Yes. Eve um, interviewing Moriarty in the hospital and um, questioning him and then driving home thinking, says she thinks of the cruelty and injustice of two spoiled men who had considered murder a game. Ugh. 
right? Yeah. Dicks. So stupid. Um, Such stupid guys. Yeah, they they were dumb. Uh, Eve drives through the gates of home, determined to put the, the case behind her and enjoy the day's cookout with cops and friends. Because here's the cookout, and everybody was pissed off about that, that it wasn't in the last book either. So... <laughs> It was it was fun having the cookout, and then it was. He, it was. And then Eve was like, "Oh my god, yes, an opportunity to leave." <laughs> Which, <yeah. laughs> like, I I believe that might have been the only thing that made me laugh out loud in this book was <laughs> when when I was like, "Oh, Eve is just like, yeah, I can fucking leave. This is great." Like, I was like, "Come on, Eve. opportunity to leave." There and she has, is, and she has a deep up. conversation with her her new um, spiritual new guide, guidance right? counselor or whatever. <laughs> again, AJ loves that guy. AJ I, loves him. He's I, her again, favorite. I don't have any problem with him per se. I just have a problem <laughs> with her being so like, oh, I have questions to ask Father, you know, what's his name? Lopez. Lopez. About, yeah. you know, things. <laughs> about things <laughs> about you know questions about life and whatnot i don't know no i understand i i, I well, totally in this understand case, that it was more she was concerned about morris and she right. just wanted to check him yeah him. right in, yeah in that regard it had nothing to do with the like religious aspect right. of it so um well, so, so the barbecue is awesome there's a lot of people at the barbecue Including Mavis, who apparently was supposed to be in, in London, but found out about <laughs> well, she the barbecue. Was in London, and then she like flew home just to go like, to the party. You know what? Like, to go to a barbecue. You know I, I bet There's that's no Nora's way of being that. like, someone's going to be pissed that Mavis wasn't at this barbecue. <laughs> I'm just going to. I bet you. Like, I cannot imagine that it was. <laughs> yeah, but so, someone thing, would though. be like. <sighs> she, couldn't she have, like, I don't know if it was even mentioned. Was it mentioned in the last book that she was in London? Yeah. Okay. I think it was. Yes, but couldn't she have was. just been like, oh, you're home? Instead right. of having her go, well, then we just flew in for this barbecue, and then after we've eaten, we'll fly, we'll fly back. Like, no, what, you know, what, 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 what if Bella is speaking fairly coherently at four right. months old, too? So, right? right? What, if, what, if the, what if that was a story? I got ripped to shreds on the best on the board when that happened. I was like, no, she's not talking yet. My daughter started talking at four months. No, she didn't. You are such a <laughs> fucking liar. That's like your, the people that are like, oh, my made sounds. reading at one. Yeah. Your child probably <laughs> made sounds that sounded something like mama and pop yeah, and dad, dad, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> kids, are, kids are not talking the way Bella was talking at that barbecue at four months old. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, because okay, because she, she she's she was born and born in death, and if we're gonna say like yeah. every book is either a month or a couple of days afterwards, yeah, we in between book in this one is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Well, in, in but, but indulgence is July because it's their anniversary, right? And born is in February. Yeah, she she wasn't saying slouch. No, no. sorry, no, she was not. <laughs> sorry, <She was> not. <laughs> Nora's like I. But it's been like you know what by that time like three years, and I want to write dialogue for this child. 
But no, she's four months old. She's not yeah. saying the words that you want her to say right now. I'm sorry. She's not sorry, grabbing Eve's head and kissing but, her and saying yeah. "sluch." I don't think that that's what. I don't think that's happening. But okay. But sure, sure. Baby fell is just way ahead of she's all the kids in all the lands. Yeah, of course she is. <laughs> she is. She is Bella, after all. Right. She's probably already. She is probably already walking. I mean, if Eve would have put her down, she would have just like walked, walked across yeah. the yard. She's, she's been just fine. that amazing. So <laughs> we're horrible. We are horrible. Nora's never coming on this show. <laughs> Nora's like, oh, that's it. She's like, no, that's that's no, it. No. Nora's, Nora's like listening, and she's like, I gotta go back and look at that. And then she looks back, and she's like, oh, that she right. was. <laughs> she was only four months. What was I My thinking? Bad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I remember. I remember saying something on the board, and oh, there like, was a lot of like, discussion on the board lost, about that. They lost their shit. There was a lot of discussion. How dare you say she wouldn't be saying that? My daughter was speaking about it. No, no. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't believe you. I, I don't believe you. Yeah, I don't I believe don't. you. It's like they were the they were the same people that said their kid was like actual <laughs> re- actually reading books at like a year and a half, two years. Like, no, your kid is memorizing the books you're reading them. Right. They're not actually yes. reading the books. Right. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent. That's what's happening. Like if you pulled out a book that you had never read that kid before and handed it to him and said, read this book, they wouldn't be able to read it. No. I mean, come on. Even the book that you're reading to them that you, if you pointed to a word, what is this word? They wouldn't be able to tell you. They wouldn't be able to tell you. So, nope. I mean, I get it. People just get like really caught up in like their kids. Right. No, you know, they just learning and doing things, I but still. But like, it's so annoying when people say shit like that. Cause I'm like, no. Like, because Caitlin was a genius. Sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, of course she was. All the kids are geniuses. They just get dumber as they get older, I guess. I mean, I definitely was not talking and walking at any advanced age. You were not. I was not. That's surprising because usually the oldest is. Well, I was. I was also like two and a half months premature. Oh, oh, oh okay. Sense. So, yeah. 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 And that also, <laughs> she's two months premature. Uh, so, at four months, she's like two months in actuality. And right. people are like, how come she's not talking yet in the in depth books? How come she's not getting solutions? But my mom, when, when Tyler was born, he was the largest of the three of us. We were all just very small children. Um, my mom was like, was like, oh my God, I just hope he, like, waits longer than your sister to i'm like 14 when he's born right i'm just hoping he waits longer than your sister before he starts talking all the time and i was like what the hell do you mean talking all the time i feel like my sister talked like normal you know like at normal levels obviously i can't recall my own and whatever and she was like oh my god your sister wouldn't shut up she was like not even a year old and i was and she was like and you were so quiet you didn't start talking until you were like almost two years old i'm like mom stop it <laughs> when silas was like, yeah when silas was he was like he was like almost two before he started talking like like full sentences and stuff he was saying well, words but i think that's just like part of that a lot but, of that's probably yeah. environment right well, I mean, yeah, that's what that's what my brother dan said he's like that's and i because i was like man he's he's kind of a little you know a little delayed in his speech and he he is because he's he's doing speech therapy right now but 
then he's like, that's because he had, that's because he's got an older sister that does the, all the talking for him. And I'm like, are you speaking from experience? Rude. Is that, is that what you're doing? <laughs> because my mom's, I mean, mom's like, yeah, that was a very similar dynamic that we had. <laughs> I, I, I will, I will wager most of like, I would wager my own life on this statement. My brother spoke more when he was a small child than he does now. Oh, not surprised by that. But again, he had his parents and he had a nine-year-old and 14-year-old sister. So like basically had four adults raising him. I mean, obviously Tanya wasn't an adult at nine, but like she was big enough and smart enough and, you know, to really have an impact on him. Um, So yeah, he, and so he talked a lot when he was a little kid and now doesn't say shit. <laughs> literally, no. I, I went over there and I was I like, totally "I'm like, hey, did. Tyler, hey, okay, totally well, get it. How's it going? Fine, okay." <laughs> I mean, other than weirdness of Bella, you know, being able to do all the things, um, I I did really enjoy the. Uh, yes, the barbecue was fun. Yeah, barbecue was great. We got to see all of our favorite people. I like Nadine just being like, oh, hi, I'm here. I'm going to go, like... I'm going to go flirt with True Heart. I'm going to no. go flirt with True Heart in front of his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, goodness, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Eve's already in a weird mood, really, because she got home and she she told yeah. Rourke that she was just really sad. Something yeah. about this last case made her just really sad. Oh, and then everything nice. about Morris and... So she's yeah. in a weird I mean, mood in this one. I just, I feel like someone is, someone will probably comment like, you know, why was this the case that, you know, makes her feel like just so down about it. But right. honestly, you know, when, whenever she finishes a case, I'm sure she feels this way, you know, like, wow these people lost their lives because of this selfish, horrible person, right. whatever. But like the level of selfishness and horribleness of these two men doing yeah. it for fun. Right. Like, They're doing it for sport. I think, They're- and I, I really think that when Eve hits like that level of disgusted, that there's an extra layer of grief there for her. Yeah, for Be- sure. And, and that's something, and I, you know, I'm not even just going to say that about Eve. I think that that's actually very, relatable like yeah it's one thing to be disgusted by something and whatever but like yeah when it's also coupled with something just so heinous like i am sad that that that's a thing that can happen you know and i maybe that's i mean maybe that's really where eve is when it comes to yeah things like that Right. But I'm sure someone will be like, I don't know why she was so emotional about this one. <laughs> Even though, I mean, yeah, they had their honeymoon, or not their honeymoon, but their anniversary trip in between. But she was also coming off a case where her husband almost died. Like, and plus that case was sad for her because, you know, mm-hmm. you got this kid, this guy that was supposed to be their, their friend and he's killing him because he's selfish. I mean, also right. she's a murder cop. So like, sad yeah. things you know <laughs> it's it's sad yeah you it's have not a, like she's had know, a, it's not like she's had an easy time of it you know yeah, because you know, she's a murder cop yeah you've got var doing what he did and then almost killing Rourke, and then you're on the these two douchebags and 
Yeah, it's just right. a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this next, this you know, this killer, this thing. <laughs> this one's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Listen, Eve didn't really have to do anything. She just had to let herself she, be she just had to, Yeah, she just had to talk <laughs> to the dead people in the morgue. Right. And, uh, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. I got it. Thanks. Um, yeah, tell this cat that this is who you have to go find. <laughs> so, uh, but the, one of the things, one of the most um, highlighted uh, quotes here in the book is, um, you know, even Rourke talking about the case and then Eve saying to Rourke, and there's the added bonus that they hate us both, really hate us. That adds a boost. And then Rourke says to her, I can't think of anyone I'd rather be hated by or anyone I'd rather be hated with. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. So, yeah, the fact that he I know, I did love that. just really hated these guys with a passion is... Um, oh, yeah. And Rourke really did, funny. too, for God's sakes. I mean, he he really hated them. Yeah. Yeah, Rourke, Rourke's involved, but he usually doesn't have the same feelings for the killers or the victims that Eve does. But this time, he was just like, these right. motherfuckers, they're going down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because they were the worst. The so, worst. So, yeah. So, um, so then after that, she takes uh, Father Lopez home and they have this discussion about Lee Morris. But also, Eve starts talking to him about, like, her cases and he says to her if closing cases was all that mattered to you if it began and ended there you would never have suggested your friend meet with me you and i wouldn't be having this conversation and you wouldn't couldn't maintain your passion for the work i believe you were born to do and here's where eve made her mistake because then eve says sometimes i wish i could see or feel no i wish i could know even once that it's enough well See that old lady. She heard you say that, Eve. She was like, "Finally, some help." (laughs) Finally, I got somebody's body I can jump into. Right. So, right as she says that, in her peripheral peripheral vision, uh, she notices a bloody old woman staggering down the sidewalk and then falling into the street. Just normal shit, honestly. Yeah. I Um, mean, yeah. She stops the car. In this series, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? So she stops the car and gets out and rushes over to the old woman. Uh, the woman mentions Beata, who is trapped behind a red door and needs Eve's help. She mentions the devil and that Dallas is the warrior. Um, the woman says her name is Geezy and demands Eve let her in and keep her promise to help. The woman digs her nails into Eve's hand, sharing blood with her and demands Eve take her in. Not knowing what was happening, Eve agrees. Uh, she is pulled into a vision of Beata and goes into a trance. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll make a blood pack with you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know she was doing that I at the time. She's like, she, yeah, whatever. I don't saying that I would do pack. this. Eve tells her, okay, don't worry about her. I'll find her. Tell me your name. And, you know, she's saying all this stuff about you must live. let me in and keep your promise. And Eve's like, okay, okay, don't worry. I'll take care of it. Like Eve, you know, typical of what Eve does. I'll take care of it. Yeah, yeah don't worry. That's just, you know, don't you worry about that. I mean, generally to Eve saying I'll take care of it means, you know, like. She'll take care of it. Yeah. Like it's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty straightforward. We're taking care of a murder. We're taking care of this. Not, um, sure. Yes. Possess me. So I can- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, 
You'll admit that's not something that happens every day. So I don't, I'm not surprised that it didn't cross Eve's mind. <laughs> right. I mean, exactly. Eve's exactly. It's just like, it's just a normal day. It's fine. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she goes into a trance and then Lopez pulls her out of the trance. Uh, they see that the woman is dead. The MTs indicate that she has been dead for almost four hours. Dun, dun, dun. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Eve insists that that's impossible and that they saw her fall. Uh, so more police arrive. Eve starts the investigation, identifying the clothes as handmade and noting the tattoo of a peacock feather on Gizzi's left ankle. Her gauge indicates that she um, died at one, but knows Lopez and she talked to her at 5 p.m. Uh, while Peabody and Morris work the scene, Dallas starts following the blood trail. Several blocks away, she turns into a narrow alley and finds the location where the stabbing occurred. Beneath a bag of garbage, Eve finds an old metal key. As Eve recreates the scene in her head, she feels an attack and stabbing from behind. Thanks. <laughs> right? <Ooh. laughs> I know. It's like, ooh. Okay. That's but really. No one's actually there. But that's I mean, spooky. she tends to do that anyway, but that's a little bit above and beyond. Yeah, right. what she normally does. Um, Peabody joins her in the alley just then, and, and they discuss the crime scene. Eve heads off to look at the buildings as she leaves the alley. Her system clears. In a market on the ground floor of the nearest building, the owners tell her that Gizi Zabo rents an apartment upstairs. Carrie and Zach Morgenstern express their shock and mention that she was Hungarian and Romani. And I, you know, I, I had to look that up. I remember reading at one Romani. point. Isn't it um, Romani? I don't. Romani sounds like a Romulan. <laughs> well, Susan Erickson says Romani. Okay. I think it's Romani. I, like Romania. I would have to look it up because I've heard it said Romani also. I've yeah I've heard it several different ways. So the d dictionary dot com is saying Romany. Romany. Yeah, that's the way I've heard it the most. That's weird to me. What do you mean? Just the pronunciation is weird to me. If it's Romania, if um, they're it's, from Romania, it's well Romany is it's saying it's a member of a people originating in South Asia and and traditionally having an interant way of life living widely dispersed across no, Europe and North and South America and speaking a language that is related to Hindi. So they're not necessarily from Romania. That's weird to me. And <laughs> well, if they were from Romania, I believe they would be called Romanians. Right. Wouldn't they? It says Romani people. That's what Wikipedia says. Gypsies. Intern internet life. Hold on. I just mm -hmm. saw something not to be confused. Oh, all right. Not to be confused with Roman people or Romanians. All right. Fair enough. Wow. Weird. <laughs> we all learned a thing. Yeah, I, I just always assumed they were like Eastern European gypsies because that's kind of a thing. Right. So, so but like she's saying. Romanians and Hungarians and. Right. Yeah, because it does say she's Romanian or Hungarian, right? So she's Hungarian. Hungarian. She's Hungarian. She's Hungarian. So, yeah. And so that's. Yeah. Okay. And I think when they called her a. Uh, a Romani, I believe that they were referring to her gypsy like 
status. Yeah, yeah, sure, I get that, but I don't right. listen to the books. Read them. Is, yeah. it just, that's the way it looks like it would be pronounced to me. So, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> we are not, for, we are not experts on these things. No, <laughs> we are not. No, it's okay. Nobody expects us to be. No, they do not. Thank God. Um, Thank God. <laughs> so, uh, so the so Gizi had come to find her great granddaughter, Beata Varga. Um, they tell her that Beata had come to New York to be a dancer on Broadway, worked at Goulash, a, hung, a Hungarian restaurant, had an understudy spot in a small musical review, and had just landed a part. In the uh, in the chorus in a new off Broadway musical at the Carmine Theater, Peabody tells Eve that time of death was one p.m. Eve gets frustrated hearing that and slaps back at Peabody, hinting that <laughs> the gypsy spirit was at work. Because you know Eve knows what she knows, right? Eve knows what she knows, and then she's about to know what she doesn't know, but Geezy do. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, and of course, Eve, again, so Eve is saying, like, that's bogus. I know when somebody dies, uh, when I've got my hands on their freaking heart and I'm talking to them. And Peabody says, Hungarian gypsy fortune teller. Maybe it's some sort of, and Eve says, don't even start with that voodoo, woo woo, free ager shit. She was alive and bleeding and talking until about an hour ago. So you are about to learn about some voodoo, Eve. <laughs> yeah, Just Eve. FYI. Uh, FYI. <laughs> so Eve and Peabody enter Zabo's um, simple apartment. There are two boxes of Beata's things in the closet. And Eve feels sorrow as she looks through them. Peabody says that Beata Varga was 22 and had worked at Goulash until three months ago. Detective Lloyd is the investigating officer on her missing persons case. In one of the drawers was a small chest with tools of the fortune-telling trade. Eve is about to put it back, but Impulse has her pressing her thumbs in, a, in patterns on the box, and a small drawer slides out with a lock of Beata's hair, a crystal, and a heart of white stone inside. And that's just, she's new to do that. She's just because- new to do that possession possessed. <laughs> <laughs> so they arranged to meet detective lloyd at goulash one of the owners miriam frito takes eve and peabody into the kitchen and fills them in on what a good worker beata was and what she knew about her life she expresses her sadness about Gizi's death and tells them that she had predicted that miriam and jan frito would have a son and miriam just found out she's pregnant Zabo had been in around 11 a.m. saying she felt she was getting close to her great-granddaughter and that Beata was toward the setting sun below the rays behind a red door. You know, it would be these people that can see things would be really, really nice if they'd be a little bit more specific. (laughs) Right? Right. (laughs) I see all. Behind the sun rays and a red door. It's like... If you see all, then fucking tell me where she is. Like, why are we doing this beyond, right. you know, under the sun rays behind a red why door? Are being all, why are we being all cryptic? Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't need to be cryptic like no. that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Lloyd joins them, gives them a copy of his files on Beata, tells them about her and walks them through the timeline of the day of Beata's disappearance. People thought she packed a bag and just left, but he thinks she's dead. 
Um, Dallas and Peabody <clears throat> next go to the ballet studio, West Side School for the Arts, where Eve is somehow able to read and understand a Russian insult on the door of the elevator. Suspicious. <laughs> right. Suspicious. <laughs> They enter the studio on the fourth floor and see tall, thin woman in black leading a class. Natalia Baranova thinks that Biata ran off to Las Vegas, saying that she was not the first student to leave unexpectedly and doesn't think she will be the last. Natalia is shocked to hear Hmm. that Madame Zabo's of Madame Zabo's death. They have become friends and often had tea together, including the previous day. All these people are really heavily involved with each other's lives. Right? Yeah. They're like, oh, I just saw her. I just saw her. Like, I'm like, everyone just saw her in the last, like, 24 hours? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was, she was sure. making the rounds. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. right. Yeah. She's like, I'm about to die. I should probably be around people. <laughs> <laughs> Like every day, people in New York are like, I need to make sure I see everyone I know. <laughs> I die. In case I die, because I live in New you York. You know what a tiny community <laughs> New York is. <laughs> everybody knows everybody. Natalia's son, Alexi, who made, who made them as cops the minute they walked into the studio, comes out next. He is arrogant and full of attitude as they ask him questions, and Peabody finds a laundry list of past brushes with the law. He is followed by his uncle, Sasha, Sasha Korchov, who doesn't believe Biad ran off. He thinks she's dead. Peabody run, runs him and sees that he had been a famous ballet dancer until a car wreck severely injured him and killed his cohab. He doesn't think she ran away because yeah. <laughs> you know she did. Because he knows. Alexei's alibi was brunchette quasars after sex with another dancer ali madison she confirms the alibi and mentions that she is the angel to alexi's devil they are working on the final pas de deux from diabolique i hope i said that correctly you said i, I think you said nice job I think you did, yeah you know it's because it's really because of susan erickson i'm pretty sure um <laughs> She's got Susan Erickson's voice telling her how to say it. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Sure. Fine. Yeah, I mean, well. we're talking about possession, so why not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Peabody? I just know dance, so. What? <laughs> I said, I just know dance, so. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't. Peabody says she and McNabb will retrace the restaurant to the alley Um I think I said that wrong. Peabody says she and McNabb will retrace the restaurant to the alley to the studio and time it all. She and McNabb will also go by the theater to interview people who know Beata. In the car, Eve hears a voice in her head telling her, alive, trap, help, keep your promises. Uh, So loudly that she reaches for her weapon. Nobody else is there, of course. So she calls Rourke for comfort. He says he will meet her at the morgue because where else does a man meet his wife when they're you and me? <laughs> well, Rourke, you're not I mean, wrong. It all tracks, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> not wrong. Eve gets lost and disoriented on the way to the morgue and puts her vehicle on auto so she can close her eyes and rest. She is so upset 
that she's planning to grab a power bar, a power bar from vending along with her usual Pepsi. Uh, then she sees a woman sitting on the floor next to the machines and weeping saying she's scared and nobody sees her now. This is the, I remember when we did the, um, one of our Halloween episodes and we talked about yeah. this book in the Halloween episode, I was saying yeah. that this, this was the part that kind of creeped me out the most in this book. <laughs> You've seen That's dead fair. people. I mean, yeah, <laughs> she sees dead people. It's kind of, <laughs> all, yeah. yeah. Um, kind of a lot, a lot. Um, Eve says that she can see her and she needs medical attention, but then sees the gaping womb on the back, womb, not womb, sees the gaping <laughs> wound on the back of the woman's head and her hand passes through the woman as she reaches out. The woman, Jenna Dorchester, tells Eve it was Rennie Foster that he was mad at her because she helped get Sarah away from him. He killed her with a rock in Riverside Park and will probably kill Sarah next. When Rourke arrives, Eve is still sitting on the floor. Rourke can't see Jana and tells Eve she's burning up. She asks him for a cold drink and to get Morris. Morris confirms that he's working on a Jana Dorchester. She was found beaten to death in Riverside Park and Steuben is primary. Eve tells Rourke what's going on and he asks her how she is and he asks her how she is in Russian and then tells her despite her extremely fluent answer he doesn't believe she's fine. <laughs> um, I don't believe yeah. you. <laughs> no. um, she calls Steuben to give him the homicide information claiming a claiming a CI. Well this says yeah, yeah claiming a CI. C-I. Yeah. What what is what is that a weasel? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, Jenna tells Eve that she's not as scared or cold anymore, but she still wishes she wasn't dead. Unfortunately, Geezy didn't pass along the power to resurrect, <laughs> so all you can do is get justice for her. <laughs> Sorry, um, I Where was not possessed with that. <laughs> How dare you? She's like, I'm sorry, I was just a gypsy. That is not part of my skill set. Um, yeah. The the part that I liked in that was that, uh, yeah, Eve says, you know, I could really use a cold drink. Rourke rose, cursing under his breath as he ordered a tube of Pepsi. He's gorgeous, Jana smiled a little, even as she knuckled her tears. Mega Frosted, is he your boyfriend? And we're married, Eve murmured. Seriously icy for you, Jana said as Rourke glanced down. So we are, and I'll be taking my wife to a doctor in short order. So even even dead women flirt with like, Rourke. Even dead women, even dead women find Rourke. Notice how hot Rourke is. I mean, yeah, because after that, I she's like, "Who is even attractive to dead women?" <laughs> that's some powerful attraction, right? I mean, that's Rourke, man. And then after he says that, she said he's got a really sexy voice too. Janice sighed as Eve to. to Rourke had opened and drank. Yeah, it's that's funny. And I think Morris <laughs> also said, are you talking to the dead? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I am. Actually. Like, what? Don't, that's not what you do every time you're here, Morris? Right, but not really. <laughs> but yes. He probably, he probably does. They just don't talk back to him. Right. <laughs> exactly. 
more, yeah. So Morris asked her if she had just had a conversation with a dead woman. Eve asks him not to spread that around, and Morris confirms that Gizzi's TOD was at 1 p.m. He tells Eve that, according to Lopez, there was a blast of light and energy when Gizzi took Eve's hand, and then Eve went blank. Morris says there's more in the world than science. Eve says, let's stick with the science for now, and gets the <laughs> weapon information, a dagger, stabbed into Gizzi's back. She knows the killer is a coward and dressed like the devil. Uh, Rourke tells Eve he doesn't know if, she's, if she needs a doctor or a priest for an exorcism. Eve says that's not funny, and Rourke agrees. It's a little funny. It's a little it's funny. A little funny. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the two of them don't have as good a sense of humor as we do. Really, <laughs> no, obviously, right. Um, so it's on the way home where um, Rourke asks Eve to um, if she knows how to make goulash, and she <laughs> recites part of a goulash recipe at Rourke's request. <laughs> Fucking random. Really, this is so random. Well, I mean, seriously, he's like, uh, let's yeah. figure this out once and for all. Do you know how to you make goulash? Hungarian food. What do you think of? Yeah, you think of yeah, goulash. Self-respecting Hungarian woman doesn't know how to make goulash. Exactly. I mean, oh man. So, uh, but here's the best part. So she's like, you know, um, well, you'd cut up some onions and brown them in hot oil just a golden brown. Then you'd take this beef you cut into cubes and coat it with flour and then, and, and add some paprika to the oil and onions. Then and he's like, that's enough. And then she says, why would you coat good meat with flour? I thought flour was for baking stuff. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. She's still in there. She's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and, uh, yeah, Eve and, Rourke says something about, you know, um, which proves you know less about cooking than I do, which is next to nothing. And yet you can toss off a recipe for goulash. And he says, it's weird and pretty fucking irritating. Which is why I'm going home instead of into Central. Yeah, that's probably a good. That's a good choice, Eve. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah go home instead of Central. So just want people walking on you, you know, yeah. talking to dead people. Mm -hmm. That's normal stuff. Right. Um, like uh, what was in those burgers you ate, Eve? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Did you make sure no one else can see dead people? Like Baxter's like, why am I talking to dead people? Right, like yeah. I just <laughs> uh so um once home, Eve is delighted to use her newfangled talents to tell Somerset to F off in Hungarian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Eve's favorite part of this whole experience. Right, yes. Oh, 100%. She's like, she's like, listen, I was possessed. It was fucking weird. I felt like shit, but I did get to swear in Hungarian. So that's fine. Yeah. Fuck you, Somerset. You know, <laughs> take the good with the bad. She knows how to. She knows how to have fun, right? Mm -hmm. um, Rourke agrees to run names for her if she rests for an hour, since she's starving. A side effect of possession, according to Rourke. Uh, really? Is that what he says? Oh, that must be a side effect. Uh -huh. I've I heard so. that when you get possessed, you become really hungry. I mean, like it what? must be. What? Yeah, it must be. 
That's apparently what happens. You got two you people inside you. Really? Hung- yeah, you have to feed that person too. You're eating for two now. Hey, if, if their cat flu is going to show up on you, they're probably hungry too. <laughs> All right? Apparently. That all makes sense. She didn't need enough burgers, apparently, for Giza. Um, he's, he's like, I need more burger, I need more thank burgers. You. But he gets her pizza. Don't they have leftovers from the? I always have a fuck ton of leftovers. Right, a ton of leftovers. Yeah, he should have made her goulash just to fuck with right? her. That would have been yeah. funny. <laughs> uh, should have. Well, we have some Hungarian you know, goulash in the. Somerset uh, probably has a really good, uh, really oh, good recipe. One hundred percent. Yeah, Somerset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also Galahad is wary of her. Uh, she tells Rourke she lives with the dead, but she doesn't want to chat with them. Although she sees the advantages for closing cases. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, although <laughs> she asks Rourke to have sex with her, not the 96 year old geezy that keeps peeking out. That's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's, I don't know how I, I yeah. Yeah, I'd be, if I were to work, I'd be like, mm, yeah, maybe not. And here's Jen's favorite part. After Rourke tells her who she is <laughs> and what she is to him, then shows her the new tattoo of a peacock feather on her ankle. <sighs> Have your fucking burgers and leave the tattoos out of it. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, how? How does I somebody know. become you don't, I know, I know, I don't know, but tattoo is not just going to appear. It's just not. Possession doesn't just happen. (laughs) It's never happened as far as I can tell. So you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard when you get possessed, you're really hungry and exactly. tattoos appear well, on that's your body. Out of nowhere. So. And you see dead people. Yeah, you see apparently. dead people. Yeah. This is all normal shit. So um chapter eight, Eve thinks Alexi is too hot headed to carry off a planned killing. And she dismisses Natalia because she's sure the kidnapping was done by a man. She thinks Sasha looks benign and a little dreamy, but then she sees pictures of him from before the accident, including one where he and the cohab who died in the accident, Ariel Nurensky, danced the Diabolique. And Eve knows he took Beata. Rourke pulls up the blueprints of the dance studio, which Sasha owns. Uh, she remembers that Natalia's. She remembers Natalia saying that Beata wasn't the first dancer who left to go to Vegas, and she thinks he's been taking dancers who look like Norensky and or were scheduled to dance the angel part of Diabolique. They look for other women reported missing, beginning with Vanessa Warrich, age 22, missing for two years, and find seven more for a total of nine over 23 years, including Beata. I feel like maybe we should have noticed this earlier. I mean, you think? <laughs> oh, they all just go off to they Vegas. Tara, you know how you know how the police are now. Like half the time, they don't look for people. People, you know, like yeah, we but don't I know. Mean, like Unsolved. if they don't know, like but if Natalia didn't know, and that like that's her big thing. I'm like, mm, I feel like she maybe I know that 
by the end of the very short book, it's like, oh, she didn't know. Well, she didn't not know. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, they were in this dance studio and just all, all the, all the girls that dance this leave and go to Vegas, all of them. Hmm. I mean, they all came to New York to become, you know, stars on Broadway. And then they go to the other side of the fucking country. To Vegas of all places. Huh. Right. I'm yes. leaving Broadway to be a showgirl in Vegas. Like, yeah, showgirl. That makes a ton of sense. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, she, the fact that she did not question what the fuck was going on is concerning. Never put it together. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Natalia is um, either a really big idiot <laughs> or um, was really a, just like ignoring what was she was probably Willful thinking ignorance. could be happening. Yeah. Willful yeah. ignorance. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm like, I'm that's you. really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. no, I mean, you know, you think, I mean, look at, I don't know why this popped in my head, but if you look at like John Wayne Gacy, mm-hmm. I mean, so many boys went missing yeah. and yeah. wasn't he living with his sister or his mom at a certain point in that house? Sister, I think. Yeah. In that yeah. same house that he was burying these boys mm-hmm. and his yeah. sister was, I had no idea. Yeah, I did yeah. not know about that. <laughs> yeah. How do you not know, right? He was, yeah, he was burying young boys in your basement. And you're like, huh? Yeah. No. <laughs> so I sometimes don't know. people just. Yeah, they see what they want to. They see what they want to, yeah. Um, let's see, where am I? Um, <laughs> even most of the same people who were at her barbecue, including Father Lopez, assemble in a conference room. Wait a minute. So okay, Avengers assemble. <laughs> I need Thor's hammer to to fly. Everybody, to everybody assemble. assemble! But fucking Father Lopez, why the hell are you here? Yeah. Why the hell is he there? <laughs> because he's a priest. He's got to exercise somebody. Right? I guess. Listen, I mean, Eve is now just what she's is- she's crossed all the way over now. She's like, Rourke's always here anyway. What? It doesn't fucking matter. Also, like, she hardly uses the other cops in this book. It's like Rourke the whole fucking time. Yeah, it's true. She's like, oh, we're going to have a briefing. I'll just invite some cops. Well, oh, and Father Lopez. Sure, come along, Father Lopez. You saw me talking to a dead you woman. You saw me talking to all the ghosts. Here. I need your help. <laughs> you saw me get possessed. This fucking book. I, just I need why? your help. This fucking book. I'm trying to oh figure out why God. he was even the fuck there. I don't remember. I, so yeah, I, I understand that he was a, a witness, but they don't. They don't ever have. Right. You know, a conference where, like, they bring in a witness. This person's a witness, so I'm bringing them to this. You know this the the police conference that we're having. It's like no. So that's so again. This is what irritates me about Father Lopez. He's I'm sure he's a fine person, character, right. whatever. But it's like she would not have brought anybody else, like immaterial to this case, except he's a witness to this person. You know, having died at a certain time. But that's not enough to I mean, bring him in right. on this. Like, you know, she can just tell people, Father Lopez was with me and will testify that, you know, she died at this time. Why, what, what, 
Why is he there? Yeah. Why is know. he there? Why not? Okay, so wait a minute. <laughs> at this thing, at, at the end of their meeting, Eve says, let's get moving, load it up, write it out. Father Lopez, if I could have a moment. She gestured him to take to the side of the room and says to him, I don't make a habit of calling a priest into an op, but you don't ever. It's not. Okay. I don't make a but, habit. I right. literally have never done this before. And he says, I'm grateful you did in this case. I'll do whatever I can to help. You were there when, when Zabo died. You did the last rites thing. I figured if the old woman was Catholic, the girl probably is. Maybe between you and Mira, she'll be covered. Like, I don't. I'm assuming she's Catholic. So yeah. if you could Why be there when we. she's Catholic? If you could be there at the op because she might be Catholic. Why? Yeah, that's the other. I'm like, I why? don't know. Why are you trying to squeeze this person in? Why? I just don't understand. Why didn't he just, why didn't she just send him to the hospital and have him meet her there? If she meet needed the, a priest. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Comes yeah. to, come to find out she needs a priest. So um, can you come down? But not, let's bring him into the op at the very beginning. Let's bring him into the You're only here just in case she needs a priest. I don't know if she's Catholic or not, but just in case she is. That's why I brought you in. <laughs> yeah, the assumption that she could possibly be Catholic is wild also. What? Come on. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> it's just weird. It's so weird. What is so going odd. on? Anyway, Rio gets a warrant. Eve asks Rourke to make sure Geezy doesn't take Eve over and try to get revenge on Sasha. Like, okay, what, what can he do? Okay. Beat her up, uh, knock her out. I don't, I don't know. know. But, yeah. Um he promises that while preventing you from taking a dead gypsy's revenge, I'll do whatever I can to preserve your dignity. Thank you, Rourke. Thanks. Yeah. Um <laughs> So Feeney tells her there are heat sources for two people in an apartment, but nothing in the suspects, and there are a lot of voids in the basement due to thick walls, jammers, or sensor blocks. Eve thinks he's down in the basement with Beata now and gets the location of the voids. Her master doesn't work on the basement door, so Rourke unlocks it because, quote-unquote, battering rams are crude and they're noisy. I mean, well, and so, also Rourke wants to show right? off. So. Exactly. Well, right, yeah. As Eve is heading toward one of the voids, Vanessa stops her to tell her, we can't get out, and asks for help. So that's stop talking to me, dead people. I'm busy. <laughs> I see dead people. They're everywhere. Um, They're literally interfering with everywhere. Everywhere. Right <laughs> um, Eve sees all of the dead women and tells Vanessa she has to wait. That's starting to sell. I think I told you guys when I went to that um, that Halloween haunt at Knott's. Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. They had mm -hmm. uh, one of the mazes they had was in, they had all these women hanging like yeah. all around. You had to like, yeah, kind of like, go past them. <laughs> so this is uh -huh. kind of what that uh, is. And that was very creepy. So I don't that's, know how Eve is creepy. keeping it together at this point. I, right? Yeah, it's kind of gross. Like, how are you supposed to do anything? You're <laughs> stop talking to me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's very creepy. Um, e sees all the dead women and, uh, and tells Vanessa she has to wait. She tells, uh, Vanessa tells Eve uh, that when she couldn't dance anymore, he killed her and touches her fingers to a gaping slice across her throat. 
Rourke leads her away, but needs to jam the sensors first because he thinks they will alert Sasha that they are coming and he may kill Beata. Rourke unlocks the door to the monitoring room. And when Eve sees a blood red door, she knows that is where Beata is. And they go in on three. She's behind the door. Behind the red door. If she had just said that, she's underneath the dance studio <laughs> in the basement the <laughs> behind, behind the, red, the door. red door. I mean, yeah. That would have been so much easier. So much. Um, the room is set up <laughs> with a stage and a gold halo. Beata is exhausted, ex- exhaustedly dancing with Sasha, who is dressed as the devil. As soon as the dancers leap apart, Eve trains her center on Sasha, telling him to freeze or she'll drop him off his twinkle toes. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, Eve. (laughs) She's so bad. She's so bad. Come on. Um, He tells her she has interrupted the performance and pulls out the dagger from his belt, saying she's my angel and here she lives forever. As he lunches for Beata, who tells him she is Beata Varga, not his angel, and he should go to hell, Eve stuns him. She wraps her arms around Beata, who says uh, she knew someone would come. Peabody restrains Sasha, and Baxter and Trueheart haul him to his feet and arrest him. Beata tells Eve the horrors of her prison sentence, that she was locked locked in and drugged, and if she didn't put on her costume and dance with him, which she came to do every night. She says Natalia and Alexei didn't know about it. Uh, Eve hears the other woman calling the other women calling to her from inside another void, the empty room Peabody found. So she sends Rourke to get tools. Um, She starts to pry open the boards and then Rourke breaks down the brick wall with a sledgehammer. Cause and then everyone stands around while Rourke is the one that breaks down the wall. Right? They're actually not all standing around. They are doing cop shit. But I was like, are we, we're, we're <laughs> at a, a crime scene and we're just like, yeah, we're at a crime scene and we're just like, oh, the civilian can just do what the fuck right? he wants. <laughs> and it's like, just that easy to knock down Rourke. this wall with this. It was, yeah. you know, Sasha did not know how to build walls apparently because it was very easy for Rourke's right. knocking down with um, just I'm, a I'm concerned for the sturdiness of this fucking building. Right. right? Honestly. Yeah. Um, there are bodies. Get the fuck out of there before it falls on you. <laughs> <laughs> there are bodies stacked on top of each other. Rourke says, like birds on a bloody train. Eve tells her, Eve sends for her recovery team, sweepers, and Father Lopez. Because <laughs> some of these women might be. Yeah. Catholic, so maybe Catholic. You don't know. Father Lopez yeah. should come in here. Someone's Catholic, I'm sure of it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> she finds Vanessa and tells her she's found now. She's free now. Um, Giza steps to Eve and tells her that she, Eve, found Beata. Eve says she would, uh, she would have in her own way, but Giza says, "How could?" She risked it when Beata was so precious to her. She offers to leave the gift, quote unquote, with Eve, but Eve declines. Well, yeah, I would too. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Gizi thanks Eve in Russian. She replies in Russian 
and then corrects herself to say you're welcome in English. Rourke asks how she is and lifts her and lifts up her pant leg to show him that under her clutch piece, the tattoo is gone. She asks him to say something in Russian. He does. And she is relieved that she doesn't understand it. I don't know what that is. Whatever. (laughs) 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 But knowing Rourke, it was something sexual. And, um, Probably. Beata says mm-hmm. she will thank Eve every day for the rest of her life. Eve and Rourke decide that they will spend the next day at home watching old vids, eating junk food, drinking a bunch of wine, and having half-drunk sex. That sounds fun. Yeah, yeah it does sound fun. <laughs> because. Oh, I'm mad about it. Um. <laughs> so yeah, so that's it. That's the book. <laughs> That is the book. It is special. <laughs> it is <laughs> very special. Special. I'm just gonna go ahead and admit a thing right now, and I recognize how like hypocritical this is. For whatever reason, the amount of police work that Rourke did in this book versus other cops who were all literally already in the book annoyed the fuck out of me. <laughs> I was like, that's fair. And I, and I understand the whole, like Eve doesn't want to be possessed in front of other people, but <laughs> yeah, you hate to be possessed in front of other people. It's so embarrassing. Yeah, you're going to have to deal with it. You're in charge. In front of people. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, I was like, but we're not, you're not going to be like, Hey, Baxter Trueheart, do this. Hey, Peabody do this. Like, and then they like, when they go in together, she sends Peabody with Baxter and Trueheart and she goes in with work and I was like so three cops in one group and one cop and one civilian in another how is that allowed <laughs> how is that allowed that doesn't make any fucking sense like, they do that all the time though they do that all the time they do but usually it's like two and two for whatever reason having an extra cop in one group really bothered me I don't know <laughs> this book just bothered me so much <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I cool. also know that I only have read this once before this time. I was like, I, yeah, I barely remember this book. Yeah. This is wild That's shit. Fair. I mean, overall, it's a fun book. It's a fun read. It's still a fun read. A I'm just, fun an, read. I'm like, I'm like, yes, yes, Rourke, get, you're just do everything. <laughs> like, because Eve didn't really do anything. She was like, yeah, Geezy told me this. So let's go. Like, <laughs> Well, Geese didn't tell her much, was, you know. Right? She <laughs> and told her she was hungry. Right? <laughs> and that Beata was behind a red door. Yeah, red door. Okay. That, that'll get that you there. That narrows it down. Why didn't, you, why didn't you tell anyone before about the red door, bitch? Why are you waiting until you died? Are you... <laughs> You could have told us when I was when you were alive, and it wouldn't have been as weird. actually. She did tell somebody else for sure. that that there was. A That's red true. Door, she did. So. This is true. She just told the wrong people. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. So, um, combinations for this one. <laughs> I say, Father Lopez, are you getting like? Just- <laughs> <laughs> you can. He just did nothing. He did nothing in this book, but sure. I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. She's not giving. <laughs> Bella for speaking at right. four months old. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
I mean, so Father yeah. Lopez and Bella, that's, that's a tie. That, that's my commendation. <laughs> Father Lopez, because he's Catholic and everybody else might be. Somebody else might Bella be, because, so he's needed. From this <laughs> and Bella, because she's super child and can speak at four months old. Well, we know, yeah, we know one of those dead girls probably was Catholic. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, law of averages, sure. Right. <laughs> Thank God they brought um, Father Lopez in the, into He's the Catholic, song. Right. True Heart right. Catholic. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What if Catholic? He's, what if what if True Heart would have gotten knocked over the head or something? What if True what Heart had been like, you know what I could really use right now? A priest. <laughs> True Heart needs a priest. <laughs> I just, I feel like I need a priest right now. <laughs> oh, good. Look, there's Father Lopez. Thank God Father Lopez was called in on this up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> nice. Um, well, I'm going to give a combination to Beata because she, like, was on a quarter of a page and she was awesome. <laughs> she's like, fuck you. I'm not your angel. Get out of here. Like, she's great. Yeah. Good yeah. job her. I, also like, I'm sure that that was horrible. And oh, she, yeah. she was clearly very strong. So. Well, as yeah. much as I hate the possession part of this book, I'm going to give mine to Geezy because. <laughs> You're going to give it to Geezy? Yes, Geezy. <laughs> <laughs> she managed to tattoo Eve. <laughs> I mean, she also to make goulash. really, really, really just wanted to find out what happened yeah. to her great granddaughter. Yeah. You know, yeah. she didn't give did up. Not, did not give up. That's the epitome of not she giving up. Literally, <laughs> literally <laughs> did not give up. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not dying. I'm not dying. I'm possessing someone. So. <laughs> like I now now when we're like well you know Eve doesn't give up she doesn't have, but yeah but has she ever possessed someone? <laughs> I will stop at yeah. nothing. <laughs> now that you think about it, all those other what? victims that we've had are wimps. They didn't. I mean, they could have gone right? that a little bit How farther that Geezy did. They but could they have made that so much easier. Just possess right. people. I mean, so yeah. Maybe that's a new, maybe that's a new uh, TV show or book series. <laughs> Somebody that gets possessed by the dead people's ghosts and figures I mean, out their I'd, murders. I I think facts. about reading it. <laughs> well, he didn't figure out the murders though. He just saw dead people. No, he just. Saw I'm dead talking people. about a like a uh, private, like a psychic, like a no, like a private detective, like or something <laughs> that get just gets possessed by people. And then figures out kind of like ghosts, but she wasn't a private yeah. detective. She was a she was a psychic. But yeah, she's a psychic. Well, it would that? be it would be really Ghost. funny if there was a show where a detective continually gets you know possessed. Karen by- makes his face when he's like ghosts. Like, what are you talking? No, no, no. I I was like I didn't I didn't hear what you said. <clears throat> um, honestly, like that could be really. That could be really fun. I don't think it could run for more than a couple of seasons. <laughs> no. I feel like that would just become it, it would too get much. Old too quickly. But I would I would I would watch it. And by yeah. watch it, I mean I would talk about watching it and probably watch it twelve <laughs> years after it was on air. True. Good point. But I would I would 
I, I, I have solid intentions, guys. I really do. That's okay. It's all right. <laughs> um, okay. So what, what kind of um, comments did we have about this book? Oh, we did have some um, on Facebook. I think I only had a couple on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, um, Anna Marie Hinch said, I love this one. I totally believe the tattoo can just appear. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> she can see and speak to a dead girl. Why not have a ghost tat? My only complaint is that in future books, none of these happenings are remembered. Honestly, Anna Marie, that's probably the most valid complaint we've right. had here. And we didn't even say that one out loud. But, but yeah, I, that's a very valid complaint. Um, and Rosalia just said she agrees with her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously we didn't love the tattoo just appearing, but no. I appreciate your willingness to be like, sure, why the fuck not? Um. <laughs> Christine Taggart just said, I really don't like the paranormal ghost stories. That's fair. That is fair. Um, Rosalia said, I don't really read paranormal stories, but since it is part of the Indus saga, I did. I found the story entertaining, sad with a touch of funny moments. My only issue is that for the rest of the books, the fact that Eve was possessed is not acknowledged at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Michelle Kenyon said, I just read this for the first time and enjoyed it more than I expected. The whole possessed thing was weird, especially how she and Rourke both just accepted it <laughs> and agree with Anna Marie and Rosalia that it's weird that it's never referenced in future books. Well, you're, you're possessed. But the book had so a like, good pace. Yeah. Oh, let's have no, sex. we don't talk about that. Right. Uh, the book had a good pace to it. And while it was short, it didn't feel that rushed to, or, or one dimensional. to right. me. The line freezer, I'll drop you on your twinkle toes. <laughs> had me laughing out loud, standing in line at the supermarket. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. <laughs> I don't think any of the novellas will ever be faves that will end up on the reread pile, unlike the upcoming Treachery, but I enjoyed this one well enough. And then Dana said, waiting to hear Jen's rant on the tag. It's the gypsy woo-woo. And Michelle said, right, I'm so looking forward to it. I hope, I hope that that made you ladies happy. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that it was a, a good rant that you enjoyed. <laughs> My my tongue is sore tonight, so it would have been probably even bigger and better if. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Instead, you got more of my ranting about Father Lopez. <laughs> right. Sorry. And then it's me just being like, "Why is Rourke doing everything?" Right. So also, like, I feel like some of those cops might have really liked an opportunity to hit something. I'm just saying. Yeah, making Rourke. Yeah, Rourke, like Rourke gets to Rourke gets to break everything and use the sledgehammer. Um, I too would like to let out some frustration. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I'm just saying. I <laughs> totally got. You. And I was talking about Rourke demoing that, but I mean, he is a, a developer. He does. De he he is a uh, real estate developer. So he maybe is. he's always there on demolition day. Just let me knock maybe. down one wall. No, maybe, yeah, maybe he gets to be like, "All right, this is my day yeah. to to be well, here on demolition day." Because I love demolition day. Give me that. I, love, I mean, that would be fun. I want to be there on demolition yeah. day, right? Um. Okay. So on Instagram, Maureen Lee says, "Peacock tattoos rock." Lol. <laughs> 
she says, um, <laughs> she says, I okay. have one. Am I possessed or am I not? Not even I know for sure. <laughs> oh my God. Maureen, I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, it's Kaya says, this one doesn't get a lot of hype, but it's actually one of my favorites. Possessed Eve is actually something I'd like to see again. It's so interesting. Yeah, I, I could do without that, but okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. And then uh, somebody who calls themselves KKP3Gun um, says, I've been a fan since Naked. Not sure how I missed this novella. Loved it. I think it just adds to the idea of Eve being a little sensitive, especially when it comes to the dead. We see this happening more often when she talks to victims in her dreams. Although in this book, she can't deny that seeing dead people comes in handy. It struck me funny that she thought it was possession or a brain tumor. I mean, you just never know, right? Is it possession? Is it brain tumor? We don't know. No, she's like, I'm either possessed or I have a brain tumor. <laughs> One Those of the, are the options. Those are the options. Are the options. Yeah. Um, so I think that's it for our comments on this book yeah um oh my gosh so interesting but <laughs> my favorite part about this book was talking about it yeah i really <laughs> i mean it's, a, it's an interesting book it's a fun read you know i mean yeah so yeah i guess <laughs> yeah. i guess that's great that's, i guess and now we're on to treachery yeah oh my god yeah no actually next next this coming month is the new book. No, it isn't. Right. It's treachery. Right. No, it is treachery. No. Okay. No, because this is going to come next out week in, in this Saturday, which is going to be um, September 2nd. September 2nd. And then, and then we have then the new book because whatever, the new book releases. Yeah. The new book comes out on Tuesday. Right. Next, yeah. The week after Labor Day. Right. And plus, we have we to do Labor Day, the day after Labor mm-hmm. Day. We still have to do review the reviews for this right. and oh, whatever right. our in between episode is. So we'll read the new I've book. Already read, I've already reread Treachery like three times. Yeah, so. I know. I've read it so many times. <laughs> I'm always down to reread Treachery. So, um, so, um, so yeah, we'll do the we'll read the new book this in September, and we'll um, we'll review that either end of September or first part of October. Then. Yeah treachery will be in november treachery. yeah because yeah i already threw treachery and so many people waiting for treachery they keep saying when is treachery right. it's coming up don't worry it's coming we're getting there we'll get there friends <laughs> yep. so should we do some podcast business yeah okay So I don't think we have any um, new patrons this week. Okay. Um, we do have a new, um, the new email oh. from Beatrice. Yay! Oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, we missed Love her it. last week. <laughs> so, um, and this one is about salvation and death. She's up to that episode. Okay. Okay. And okay. she says, hi, ladies, I made it to salvation. And in this one, there was a bit too much churchy Catholic stuff for my taste. <laughs> my father was very Catholic. And I, first of all, can I just say, um, trigger warning? And, and I'm being okay. serious. 
trigger warning yeah, for please. anybody. Um, it, this is going to mention SA, so you know you can fast okay. forward, or you can stop the episode here and you know go about your business. <laughs> but I just want to let yeah. everybody know. Um, my father was very Catholic, and I only went to Catholic schools, nuns for elementary, Jesuits for the rest. So I have, have had enough of that in my life, and I consider myself an agnostic now. I really can't understand Eve's fascination with Father Lopez either. Yes, he seems to be a good guy, trying to do his best, but I don't see how a hyper-rational woman like Eve can be so intrigued by him. I agree that she feels a bit off-character in this book. I also have a problem with the fact that the, priest are, the priests are never considered as suspects. I don't want to go too into too much. I don't want to go into too much detail here. But thirty years after my graduation, there was a big scandal about priests abusing some of the boys at the school. It turned out this happened during my time at the school, and I knew of the accused priests. Even had classes taught by them, and went on a school trip with or him, went on a school trip with him. He was a bit weird, maybe, but not unfriendly and actually quite likable. And since he wasn't attracted to girls, and I was very young, about 10 or 11, it never crossed my mind that he could be a bad guy. It turned out that all of the boys in my class knew about this because uh, boys had been warning each other back then. Some of them actually oh found the courage to report the guy and it was all swept under the rug immediately. The priest was just transferred to another school. The priest responsible for this cover-up was one who I thought quite, quite highly of. So you can imagine my disappointment. I had decided for myself yeah. a long time before this came out that organized religion wasn't for me, but it showed me again how much hypocrisy is connected to organized religion. So yes, priests can be bad guys and should be considered in an objective investigation. Anyway, while I do have problems with Eve's fascination and the fact that she never considered the priests as suspects, I don't have a problem with the rest of the book. Yes, it starts out a bit slow, but the plot is, the plot is convoluted, and it all comes out at once during the last few chapters, but it was still mostly entertaining. I have never rated an Eve Dallas book less than four stars on Goodreads, excluding the novellas, which I have only read once as most of them don't speak to me very much. And I even think, and I think even the weaker entries in the series are great reads and other authors would be happy to be able to write like this. Two stars is maybe a bit harsh considering all the junk that is out there that deserves no more than two stars. I don't want to start a big discussion about religion, especially since it's much less of a thing in Europe where I grew up. But I get where AJ is coming from. I wanted to let her know that she is not alone, finding this all a bit weird. Beatrice. <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah. So thank you, Beatrice, for letting me know that I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> we understood. I mean, I completely understood where you were coming from. I just didn't have oh, yeah. the same opinion that you did. But right. Now I, just, now I just mostly think it's funny. So. <laughs> yeah i wonder what beatrice right, thinks of this book that not only oh is my gosh. Book, right but she's bringing father lopez in on and off because you never know if somebody's catholic or not might need a priest like. do we see him again i don't I remember if we see him again or not <sighs> i don't know but i i i don't think so but i choose to believe that that was my complaining back then of 
how dumb it was that Father Lopez was in everything. And uh, <laughs> she decided. And he never came back. Oh, maybe she's right. I don't know. It's not. It's not at all. 100% it was not me. It had nothing to do with me. Um, so, yeah, thank you, uh, Beatrice, for letting us know your opinion uh, there. Yes. I, we love your emails, Beatrice. We really do. <laughs> we do. We do. Everybody on the Facebook um, is also loving Beatrice posts. Yeah. So that's great. So I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else. Nope. I don't. Um, we keep getting text messages from a, from a number, and it's like really weird, and I don't understand. I don't know who is sending the text messages because they never identify themselves. I'm sure if I went and researched a little bit, I would, um, I would be able to figure that out. Is it Dana? No, it's not, <laughs> I don't think it's Dana. We just blame Dana for everything around here. So honestly, um, yeah. Let me see if I can find it. July Sunday. Nora and her ghost writer fury by insisting that she isn't writing her own books. It's defamation of character and harms her reputation. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then also on Sunday, vigilante vengeance was addressed at the end of shadows and death. When Rourke says he's come around to Eve's way of thinking, and he hopes that Lorcan Cobb likes a long and miserable life in prison. So that must've yep. been like, we must've been talking about vigilante vengeance. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, Anyway, I, I have a feeling I know what this is, but I'm not exactly sure. So, okay. But I appreciate the text messages. Yeah. Yeah. We just would like to know who you are. <laughs> if you're willing to tell us, I guess. I mean, I could find out, but. <laughs> um, okay. I think that's it for this yep. episode of Podcast in Depth. Okay. So. That was fun. It, it was yeah. it was fun. It's you know, it's a fun book, you know. Um so just to remind everybody, we still got our GoFundMe going. Um I think we're up over three thousand right now, so that's that's kind of nice. Yeah, that's very nice. Um thank you guys so much. Yeah. Um if you want to contact us, you can find us on any of our social medias. Uh just go just look for podcast and death on, you know. Facebook and Instagram and not necessarily Twitter. I mean, you can look for us there, but you'll be disappointed. I mean, I've been, I've been retweeting <laughs> some stuff on Twitter. Okay. It's not Twitter anymore. X. Sorry. X. Uh, somebody, Come on. Uh, so what somebody called it, it right. the other day, Exter. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh that. God, yes. <laughs> I love it. Or Exeter. I can't remember how they said it, but, um, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. And, um, we still have, that um, discord, I mean, I don't think we're very active mm -hmm. on there, but we're mostly active on Facebook. I'm super, I'm super, super active on Discord. I just always forget that we're on there, so I never. <laughs> that's you not know, one of the ones that I've been to. Remember, super active on Discord, Discord. So our Discord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have. Yeah, I have three Discords that I'm very active in. But yeah, I always you forget would, about yeah, ours. you would think that ours would be one of those, but that's you not. would think. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Sorry, it's fine. Um, so yeah, find us there online, or you can go to our, um, our website. It's www.podcastanddeath.com. Um, send us an email at show at podcastanddeath.com or call the number 
Number is 205-476-2753, and that spells out 2054 Rourke. Mm-hmm. And uh, so next week is, but we don't we don't know what next week is. We don't know what we're doing next no, week. We don't know what we're doing. You guys are used to hearing us say this after we read a book and do yeah, this. We have no episode. idea what we're going to do next week. So, <laughs> like, we just reviewed this book. We don't know what we're doing now. Want to send us a suggestion? That's a good. That's a good use for the text message thing. You know, send us a suggestion yeah. or suggest it on any of our social medias. Here's yep. what I think you should do, and I think people have done that a couple times on uh, at least on Facebook. Oh, yeah, people have We've said had quite a few. Yeah, quite a few that do. So that. we should look at those and see if anything jumps out at us yeah um but um so yeah Yeah. like we were talking before uh next month is going to be the new book Mm -hmm. uh payback and death which is coming out uh Mm -hmm. the tuesday after you hear this i think yeah that's like yeah Uh, yeah so we'll be reading it this month and then talking about it next month yeah and then after that treachery yeah also exciting. Yeah, it's so. very exciting. And we got to redo the reviews of this one, like you said, too. Yeah, we have so. to review the reviews. Uh-huh. I'm just talking about like books that were that are coming. Yeah, out. which books we're doing. Yep. Yeah, and in between that, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out what we're gonna do. Yeah. Does she have a trilogy coming out this year at all? Did I miss that? She usually it usually starts in the fall. If she has one. Well, let's look on her website. See what it says. I think Karen needs to read Identity though. Jeremy well, to, re- to read identity. Well, we just talked mm-hmm, about identity, so. No, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. I think she needs to read. I it. think Tara needs to finish uh, the Chronicles of the Worms. I just finished the one. But like, that's out of that final book. That is true. Yes. All right. Let's see. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, she does have a, a trilogy coming out. So in November, first a book of that trilogy, and it's the Lost Bride trilogy, and it's the first book is called oh. The Inheritance. Ooh. Oh, okay. <sighs> Let's see what it is. So there you go. Okay. Uh, and I guess Ooh. that's it. Yeah, for this episode okay. of Podcast and Death. Yeah. Unless you guys have anything else to say. Yeah, I don't. Nope. Okay, so for podcasts and death, this is AJ. This is Jen. This is Tara. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This episode and all of our previous episodes are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us 
at show at podcastanddeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast and Death on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-476-2753. That spells out 205-4-ROARK. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slotchitude.